So how many ready to study the Word this morning? The title of the message is, Lest We Forget Our Awareness. Lest We Forget Our Awareness. And I'm talking about, we have a lot of physical awareness that so we'll talk about this, this morning, about things that are going on and um, what's happening, but also uh, we have to be aware of our spiritual awareness because a lot of things that are happening in the physical are a direct result of what's actually happening in, in the spiritual. Now, <clears throat> this Monday night, we begin Rosh Hashanah. We are in the last days of the month of reflection, which is to lead us to a time of repentance focus and the judgment of Yom Kippur. Now, how many know that we have to be constantly reminded of things or we forget? Now this condition is not new, it has always been. We as people have always needed things of remembrance so that we don't forget. For example, on our Torah, ta on our Torah table in the front, we read a statement to trigger remembrance, to trigger spiritual awareness. And in English it says, be aware of in front of whom you stand. I'd like us all to repeat that. Be aware of in front of whom you stand. During this season of the latter feasts, as these words are spoken, it may or should cause one of two things to happen to you. One, you could remember what you have done wrong. Or two, you could have remembered what you have done right. Now if you remember what you have done wrong, then you are experiencing a spirit of conviction ushered in by the hearing of those words and as you are moved by the Ruach HaKodesh which is Hebrew for the Holy Spirit. Now if that happens you need to repent and ask for forgiveness of whatever comes to you and then have the faith to believe that you will be forgiven of your sin that's been drawn to your attention through the blood of Yeshua which is the Hebrew for Jesus. First John 1 John 1.9 says the following. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, if you remember what you have done right, your response should become one of thanksgiving, being thankful with a grateful heart and for the forgiveness of your sins through the bloodshedding of Yeshua. Not like the young rich man that we read in Matthew 19 verses 16 through 26, which I don't think you have, but if you have the verse... Matthew 19, 16 through 26. This is important to hear because this allows you to understand through the, through the example of the differences. Listen to what's spoken, how Yeshua responds, and how Yeshua gets to the issue. 
The first one we talk about is when you have a repentive heart because of something that you've done wrong. Now this is the condition of what you think you're doing right. This is what you try, you try to avoid. Go ahead. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than the rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, this is awareness. In that day there was a lot of physical awareness, all the way back to Moshe's day. Worshiping God was a form of physical awareness and physical responses to commands and instruction. Yeshua came to teach us the internal awareness, the things that we need to be aware of on the inside. And here we see the condition of the heart of this young man was one that was good on the outside, physically aware of what was needed to be godly, but was unaware of the internal need for spiritual awareness the condition of the heart. That's why Yeshua said that your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. How is that possible? They are so righteous in the physical awareness because it takes spiritual awareness on the inside in order to achieve that level and that's through acceptance of Yeshua, Jesus as your Savior and acceptance of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Now these words, be aware of in front of whom you stand, should have an effect upon you, especially during this season. God has a message for all of us in every season, and this is a season of repentance. They should cause you to pause when you hear them, and cause you to think about what they say. Davarim, Deuteronomy 29, verses 10 through 15 says this. All of you stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones and your wives, also the stranger who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water, that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today, that he may establish you today as a people for himself, that he may be God to you, just as he has spoken to you, and just as he has shown to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I make this covenant and this oath, not with you alone, but with him who stands here with us today before the Lord our God, as well as with him who is not here with us today. Verse 15 is very significant. Ye stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God. Even today, at this moment, you need to remember in front of whom we stand. 
Now remembrance becomes difficult if you don't know God's word and don't have a relationship with Yeshua, with Jesus. Book of Acts chapter 2 verses 36 through 39 says the following. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. This is a time of period of repentance. Just like those who stood and received the promises at Mount Horeb, which included the generations that followed all the way up to our current generation and on to the generations yet to come until Yeshua returns. The same is true for those who are to receive the promise of Yeshua, the Mashiach ben Yosef, receiving the promises from him, the suffering servant, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Two parts, physical awareness, spiritual awareness, both related to repentance, and it is associated with the condition of our hearts. Remembrance can be altered by words and action on the part of others. And remembrances, they can be easily forgotten further away from the event a person or generation becomes. The dis more distance, the less influence it has. It will also not have the impact it ha as it has on the generation actually experiencing the event unless there is a constant remembrance that transcends generations. The Word of God establishes that constant remembrance if you are willing to believe His Word. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 says this, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Without reading God's word, you will lack a trigger of remembrance that is and has a purpose to touch your inner being, to assist you with the choices you make. Choices in the Hebrew of Yetzer Hara, which is the inclination that's evil, or Yetzer Hatov, the good inclination. When you have to address inclinations in your life. Now today, I'm going to give you a brief prosperity message. Now how many would like to have a prosperity message? Anyone want it? Are you ready for it? I'm going to give it to you even before I entice you by having to pay me for it. Are you ready for that? Alright. Turn with me to Davarim, Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 9. And mark this verse. If you write in your Bibles. King James, you can't write in the King James. But you can mark in your Bibles, Davarim 29 verse 9, which says this. Therefore... Keep the words of this covenant. Stop. And Read it again. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant. Okay. Next. And do them. Okay. That requires action. Okay. That you may prosper 
in all that you do. That you may prosper in all that you do. It may not be physical awareness, may not be physical prospering, but it will be spiritual prospering because we are not to build our treasures where? Here, but where? In heaven. Amen. These words are examples of our remembrance triggers that we have to assist win our choices. The Word of God, coupled with the moving of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, will cause an internal reaction when you read these words from the Torah table, which says, be aware of in front of whom you stand. God's Word is our instruction and our roadmap, our lifelines to maturing in the faith. Davarim, Deuteronomy 31, 24 through 26 says this. So it was when Moses had completed writing the words of this law in a book, when they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. Now why would he do this and why on earth would he say this? Well, let's read on. Just can't read the first couple verses. You got to look at the context. Davarim 31, 27 through 29 tells us why. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, then how much more after my death? Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days, because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. So sad. Isn't it great that the Old Testament doesn't apply to us and this, none of this works for us? No, that's not the way it works. It is true, even today, many don't want to hear the Word of God because it forces them to make choices. Choices to either do good or to do evil, which results in either blessings or curses. Now the Word of God is to bring conviction which will result in either repentance or it results in evil. Those are the two reactions. That's the awareness of the reactions of what the Word of God will do. It either results in repentance or results in rebellion. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 through 13 says this. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. We need to remember the Mount Horeb event, the one where the Ten Commandments were given with the other children of Israel and Mo in Moshe's day because when we read it it is for us today as if we were also physically there. Davarim 4 9 through 14 says this Deuteronomy. Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself lest you forget the things your eyes have seen and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life and teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, 
When the Lord said to me, gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. Then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire in the midst of heaven, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might observe them in the land which you cross over to possess. This was a very scary time for B'nai Israel, the children of Israel. Shemot, Exodus 20, verses 18 through 20 says this. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear. For God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. And these words should impact us the same way as we just saw it happen on the news. As if we saw it happen on the news. That's the way we should have that impact of what they experienced, but they were actually there. They actually experienced it. Can you imagine if that happened today in the news? You know, today in the news we see a lot of things going on. The birth pains of the end. You know, we are in a time in which Rosh Hashanah is the next holiday, one that we rehearse, that is yet to be fulfilled. Could this be the season that it happens? We see a lot of activity going on that we've not seen. Remember, we, I've talked before and told you, you should not be the same this time as you were this time last year. How many are different this year than they were last year? How many are, know that they're living, we're living in an environment that's totally different than what it was before? And how many know that things, events that are happening are accelerating? It's because Hasatan knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. Talk about the news. Some of you may have seen it. Some of you may not. But just recently, how many know at the Eastern Gate, that is where the Mashiach is to appear? Right? How many have seen what's appearing on the Eastern Gate? Have you seen what's appearing on the Eastern Gate? Google it and look at Israel and see. On the Eastern Gate, there are Hebrew letters appearing on the Gate Wall, the Eastern Gate Wall. Now let me tell you what those, those letters are. Draw your attention up here. See the large letters at the top? Yohei You see those letters? Guess what's appearing on the wall that's coming out of moss, that's coming out of a growth in the wall? The Yod has appeared. The He has appeared. The Vav has appeared. But the He has not yet appeared. This is causing all kinds of discussion in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem. Because it says Yohevahe at the Eastern Gate where the Mashiach is to come. It's amazing that the Muslims uh, in, in days past 
uh, they felt that, that if, you buried, if you buried dead bodies in front of the Eastern Gate, then the Mashiach wouldn't come because you can't be around dead bodies. But that doesn't stop our Mashiach. Mashiach came as Mashiach ben Yosef, the suffering servant the first time, but he is coming as Mashiach ben David, the conquering king. He's going to come differently this next time. That's news for today. That should stir your spirit, especially if you know what is to come. How many are looking for Yeshua's return? Jesus to return. How many is looking for him? These are all signs for us. With reverence, you should be aware of in front of whom you stand. But you also, you need to remember these words spoken in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 18 through 29, which says this. For you have not come to a mountain that may be touched and that burned with fire into blackness and darkness and tempest. And read this in the context of the Torah table. Okay? In the words that are on the Torah table. Continue. And the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. The book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, says the following. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. 
Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked, or sick or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away in everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So now we've talked about physical repentance and talking about repentance in the, 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 uh, the Tanakh, the Old Testament. We've also covered the, the period in which the Brit Chadashah, the New Testament, talks about repentance in the spirit. So with this, I ask you a question. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? I will tell you, I don't know. And I will tell you that the person that's sitting next to you doesn't know if you are a sheep or if you're a goat. And there are some people that think they're sheep, but will find out they are a goat. The only one that knows is the one that's the judge, the God, the one living God. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, he knows who belongs to him. That's why he separates. No one separates, he separates. So as we quickly approach Erev Rosh Hashanah, be aware of in front of whom you stand and let God's words and his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit speak to you. People, this is an appointed time of God. Up until now, it has been a rehearsal. But one day, maybe this year, the feast will be fulfilled. Every appointed time, God has a message for his people. So tune your spiritual ears to sp hear what he has to say in this season. We will close with hearing the words from the 51st Psalm. Now this is the repentance psalm. This is the Tanakh repentant psalm. Listen and take to them as if you are speaking them to God. Psalm 51 says the following. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak, and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, Hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me 
the joy of your salvation and uphold me for your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. This is a preparation time. Preparation through repentance. But you can repent all you want. But the repentance will be in vain unless that repentance is through Yeshua, Jesus. It is only do we receive repentance from God and salvation and life everlasting and survival of through the judgment that is to come on this earth only through acceptance of the shedding of blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Be ready, get ready for the King of Glory, Mashiach ben David, the conquering King, Jesus as Messiah is even at the door. Come closer, he's been closer today than he has been since he left us in the first century. Be ready for his return and what a glorious day it will be. Let us all bow our heads. But if there's anyone here who's not a believer in Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, or if there's anyone here who has strayed away from him, Romans 10, 9 and 10 gives us the words that we need to say. It says the following, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you sh will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now if there's anyone here that wants to repent, and wants to accept Yeshua, Jesus as their Savior, Repeat this to yourself with me. Say this prayer. Lord, forgive me for my sins, both known and unknown. Lord, I know that it is only through the blood of Yeshua, blood of Jesus, that atones for our sins. And I acknowledge that, O oh Lord. And I understand that, O oh Lord. And I ask, Lord, that I be washed clean, white as snow. That my sins will be forgiven. Yeshua, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I thank you for what you did for us coming to this earth. 
I thank you that you gave up your life and shed that precious blood that atones for our sins. And I thank you for the wonderful miracle that happened when you raised from the dead and confirmed that we too will be raised from the dead by taking a few saints with you, Lord, in that time of resurrection. Lord, we know time is short. We know you are even at the door. Forgive us of our sins. Receive me as one of yours. In Yeshua's name, amen. And now if you said that prayer, I'd ask you to do this. I'd ask you to share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that's talked to you about Jesus. Talked to you about Yeshua. Talked to you about who he is and what he can do for you. That you can live life everlasting. Go and share that good news with them. That you've accepted Jesus as the Messiah. And sin no more in Yeshua's name. Amen. It's our duty to praise the master of all, to ascribe greatness to the author of creation. He's made us unlike the nations of the lands and has not placed us like the families of the earth. He's not made our portion like theirs and our lot like the multitudes. And we bend the knee and bow and acknowledge our thanks before the king over kings, the holy one, blessed be he. He stretches out heaven and establishes earth's foundation. And the seat of his glory is in the heavens above and the presence of his powers in the most exalted heights. He is our God, there is none other. True is our king, there is nothing beside him as it is written in his Torah. And you shall know this day and take to your heart that the Lord, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth below, there is none other. Amen. I want to follow up with the teaching real quick. Um, so God's been speaking a lot to me lately, so you might get a little bit of a double portion of the service here. Uh, but Dad talked about uh, the prosperity message, which was a good one, right? Do what you're, follow the commandments. That's a prosperity message. Keep God's commands. But uh, in, my, in my studies this week, if you go to Matthew chapter 4, it talks about how God, Yeshua was tempted, right? And he goes into the desert place and Hasatan, who was the devil, um, was there. And the first two temptations that Yeshua received, only he could receive. Those temptations can be given to anyone else because he's the son of God. And he asked him, if you are the son of God both times, then do this, right? Cast yourself from this place. You know, God will raise you up. But the last temptation is an interesting one because it's not just for, it's not just for Yeshua, it's for everyone. And I think that it happens to all of us. He says the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him, all these things I will give to you. And if you fall down and worship <clears throat> And then Yeshua says, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and, and then angels came. You know, it's funny that everyone's seeing what's going on around us the world and I don't think you guys understand that the devil actually is in charge of that like Satan is literally working right now 
And if our eyes aren't open, we just feel like it's just, uh, it's just uh, all these things are happening to us and, you know, we get upset and we make it political and we do these things. This is Satan at work. And Dad had made a mention that Satan knows that his time is short. I'm just going to add to that and say, I think Satan thinks he's going to win. I think he's so prideful. I think he's so confused that he actually think he has a chance. The concepts in the Bible about a one world government, all these things that Yeshua talks to us about, it, those are all legit. That's actually going to happen. What I think that we need to know is that we already have a one world government. The king is on the throne. He's the ruler of the world. But Satan thinks he's taking it. And he's got this deception, this plan. <clears throat> and he takes people to a high mountain and he says, if you worship me, I'll give you all the things of the world. And they literally do it. And it's all around us. They get everything by giving and submitting to Satan. It's a fact. These people follow this light bearer, Lucifer, the awakened one. We who are slaves to God, that's the truth, servants, not only servants, friends. There's a, stay, there's a saying of those who are Satanists and those who follow this new world that is actually developing around about us. It says, do what thou wilt. That's their comment. That's their statement. That's their belief. Do what thou wilt. It's, it's paganism at its heart. It's Satanism at its heart. Satan does exist. Satan is real and he's working in the background. And he is constantly moving. We, who are followers of Messiah, we don't do what we wilt. We do what God wills. And that's what knowing before who you stand is. right? We have to know before who we stand. If we don't know who we stand before, we think ourselves as gods. We think ourselves as one who is being raised up and that's what's going on in the world around you. Satan is raising people up and they think themselves gods. We are nothing. We're servants to the Most High God. And if they take us for that, we need to be able to stand in that truth. The world is a crazy world and it's, it's, being, it's being deceived every single day. Everyone, is, everyone can be deceived. I was talking to Tasha last night about it and she, she says that, uh, you, know, you know, we talked a little bit last week when I was about the mark of the beast in my teaching and it says, you know, can, they, can a Christian be deceived? Can a Christian, well the Bible says that even the elect could be deceived, could be deceived, could be. Because it feels so right. And that's the thing. It feels right. And it feels right to do wrong. When Satan presents it to you. He makes it feel right. That's the deception. I've said it for years. The only weapon of warfare that Satan has is deception. 
order out of chaos. Create a chaos and build an order. That's what he does. He creates chaos and then he brings to you the way out, the path. That's the deception. So how do we, in this end times, beginning of Rosh Hashanah, it's the beginning of coming into this new year, recognizing what's going on. It's very different around us. Satan is, Satan is working in a way that he's never worked before, I believe it. The fact that Yudhe Vavhe is coming onto the wall of... I don't think we understand the implications of the awesomeness of that. That's so awesome that God's name is appearing naturally on the eastern gate where the Mashiach will come. He'll step down on the Mount of Olives and split it and the gates will open and here comes the Mashiach. If the name of God is appearing on the wall of the eastern gate today, is that implication not amazing? He says he puts his name on that city. Jerusalem. This is his city. He's letting the world know this is mine. Let me give you another little bit of little tidbit of encouragement. The market's been a disaster for us. The economy's a wreck. Our business has been going through it. A couple weeks ago I'm sitting in my car talking to my dad and and I, and I go, how weird. There's a dove in the tree just staring at me right next to me, literally five feet away. Remember that? There's a dove in the tree just staring at me. Because we were talking about some stuff that are affecting us. So then I, I say, uh, we get this phone call out of the blue for some work to do. It's amazing how it's just happened. Like all of a sudden God just pours out on us and we're getting truck, truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of steel just out of the blue to work on. I tell everybody in the office, whether they believe or they don't believe, I tell everybody this is an olive branch. Understand that this is an olive branch. God is sending us an olive branch in the middle of a time that is very difficult for a lot of people. We've been in the middle of the ocean in an ark in our own Kodesh. And God has sent us back an olive branch and this is a beautiful thing. It just so happens that the, the owner of the, the president of the business name is Jonas. He's a Jewish guy. Yonah in Hebrew means dove. He's the guy who calls me. The dove brought me an olive branch. If you're not spiritually minded, you don't recognize what God is doing. If you're not spiritually minded, you don't see the movement of God in your, in your life. This is what's going on. But let me tell you something else. When Satan says to you, worship me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world, he's telling you the truth. He will. When you worship God, you relinquish all control to him and you allow him to care for you. And He gives you your needs. He supplies for you. And that's the difference, that's the difference between walking for God and walking for the enemy. You walk for the enemy, you, you'll get all kinds of things, trust me. And you'll think, look, look who I am, and you'll believe yourself to be a God. Sometimes to follow God is stressful. Because you're awaiting him to move. 
You're awaiting God to move, but you cannot stop believing and having faith. We believe, I believe that He is coming. He is coming again. And not only is He coming, He's supplying all of our needs. And He's telling us on a wall that He is on His way. But not just any wall, FYI. The Eastern Gate. That he's going to come through. I, I don't, I don't think that we understand the magnitude of that. So, it was made tons of sense today that we all de rededicate our lives to God before this Rosh Hashanah. It makes a lot of sense to read Tehillim 51. It makes a lot of sense to take that psalm that David wrote that was pouring out his heart saying, Lord, you are my king. Lord, I am nothing without you and I rely on you only. Forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, make me who I am to be for you. That's a beautiful, that psalm is probably the most beautiful psalm that all of us can read. You should read it every day. You should recite it every day as your own. But then in Romans where it talks about coming into the, coming into the faith and really kind of understanding it and understanding what Yeshua did for us. He really truly bought us. He bought us with his blood. I've said it before, I don't understand the blood sacrifice thing. I don't understand it, but there's something about it. There's something deep in the spiritual that we don't recognize. I don't know why there has to be bloodshed for salvation. Bloodshed to be protected. Bloodshed on the doorposts of the... I, it's hard to understand that. I don't get it because it's beyond us. It's in the it's in the other realms. It's in God's spiritual realms. It's beyond us. But it happened. He bought us. So we're covered. We're bought. Live your life as though you are. Recognize Satan is working all around you. Have your eyes open to see. Have your ears open to hear what is happening in the spirit. If, if I was a normal man that didn't walk in the spirit and, and pray, I wouldn't recognize that Yonah showed up with an olive branch. You have to recognize these things in your own personal life. You have to see God moving in your own personal life. So the, and, and share it. Because it is for the encouragement of the saints. It's important. That's it. Keep our eyes open. Amen. Thank you.